A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Get in the long teams with a bunch of demons. You believe that human beings are demons. No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. <laughs> There's probably a, a balance between I believe you have to know Christ, but God is in hell. He is. And someone knows this for sure. All of mankind is going to end up somewhere in heaven. <laughs> really is to just help people of faith, especially, to re-examine this issue, to realize the church has got things wrong in the past. For those who are, are God's by faith in his son. <laughs> Corinthians, right? 2 Corinthians 3, 7. Victory in the name which is above every name. There's no exception for rape or incest. Uh, it's an extreme law. <laughs> Right now, bones, ligaments, tendons, in Jesus' name, get out here right now. So put your trust in the sovereign risen king, who doesn't owe you one cotton picking thing. And yet he still promises to furnish his disciples, but we take what he's created and we turn him into idols. I'll never back down, so how can I keep it in? But you'll never see me preaching the sin of TBM. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Master's Dog, episode 54. Yeah, 54. I am your host, The Evangelical Norm. So, uh, Master's Dog, a podcast where I just deal with false teachings, uh, stuff like that, started out just dealing with the guys we're going to deal with today. Uh, Saints Unscripted, formerly known as Three Mormons, started a faith and beliefs section of their podcast, and I started this podcast directly in response to that and then kind of expanded it out to deal with other false teachers and stuff like that. Still, the majority of what I do in this podcast is dealing with the teachings from the Mormons from their faith and beliefs uh, section of their podcast. So, um, But I do other stuff when it pops up and when it becomes uh, obvious that there's something that needs to be dealt with. So today we are back with our friends from Saints Unscripted. Uh, David is in, I believe, part three of his uh, whirlwind tour through uh, Christian history. Uh, We'll not call it church history, which I find interesting because they they say that they are. But again, everything in this history that he is... uh, explaining supposedly is all apostasy anyway. So um, 
it's an interesting thing. Usually there's there's not a whole lot, but there's usually some kind of theological nugget that I can pull out of rather than just going, okay, well, there's, there's just a look at some history. So I'm going to go ahead and let him jump in here. Probably not really going to be a whole lot to respond to. I watched the video once, but as we go, we'll do as we do. And uh, as he talks, I'll respond. And if I do notice something else that needs to be responded to we'll do that so with that being said ladies and gentlemen here is david snell from saints unscripted with part three of uh christian history hey guys hey so in the last episode we talked about papal supremacy anti-paganism in the christian roman empire and the fall of the western empire at breakneck speed this episode is going to cover a thousand year period known as the middle ages or medieval times generally this is the time period between the fall of the western roman empire in 476 and the fall of the eastern empire also known as the byzantine empire in 1453. let's do it let's do this thing A lot to cover. In the last episode, we talked briefly about Christianity in the 5th and 6th centuries, but in the 6th and 7th centuries, something important happens. The vast majority of Western Europe falls under the rule of a Germanic people called the Franks, who formed the Merovingian dynasty, which later turned into the Carolingian dynasty under the rule of King Pippin the Short. Don't you dare use that name as a slur. While Pippin is settling into his new dynasty, the Lombards are harassing Italy. Now, Pope Stephen hasn't been able to count on the Byzantine Emperor in the East for help, so he goes to the Franks in the West, who by this time have converted to Christianity. King Pippin comes in, beats back the Lombards, and gives the Pope power to rule over chunks of the Italian peninsula, territories that would come to be known as the Papal States. I should also mention that meanwhile in the Byzantine Empire they held a couple more ecumenical councils. The Third Council of Constantinople and the Second Council of Nicaea, which you can read more about in the description. Here! Educate yourself! After King Pippin dies, his son Charlemagne takes charge, and at the beginning of the 9th century the Pope dubs him the Holy Roman Emperor of the Holy Roman em Empire. Dang it, the Holy Roman Empire. The Pope dubs him the Holy Roman Emperor of the Holy Roman Empire even though he's ruling from Aachen, a city now in Germany, and Rome is left to the Pope as the capital of his papal states. But the relationship between emperors and popes was... Weird. Because theoretically, the emperor would be crowned by the Pope, but the Pope had to be approved by the emperor. So each sometimes saw the other as subordinate, and that made things awkward for the next several centuries. So we've got the Holy Roman Empire in the West, where the Pope is head honcho in religious matters and many civil matters, but we've also still got the Church in the surviving Eastern Roman Empire, the Byzantine Empire. Over the centuries, a rift forms between the two regions. The Pope in the West is claiming authority over the Church in the East, and the Patriarch of Constantinople is like, um, no. Theological differences also form, and in 1054, the Pope and the Patriarch of Constantinople excommunicate each other. The Christian church subsequently breaks in two. Let's split up. Do we have to? This is known as the Great Schism, the Roman Catholic Church in the West and the Eastern Orthodox Church in the East. The rift continues today. Roman Catholicism is still popular in Western Europe and Eastern Orthodoxy dominates Eastern Europe and Russia. But despite the schism, the East and West teamed up to fight against a movement that had been gaining territory and influence in the Middle East for centuries known as 
Islam. Da, da, da. Pope Urban II called for the first crusade in 1095, promising forgiveness of sin in exchange for military service. In 1097, crusaders and their Byzantine allies conquered Nicaea. In 1098, they took back Antioch, and in 1099, they took their main objective, Jerusalem. In 1147, the second crusade to take Edessa was a major fail. <laughs> Muslim forces retook Jerusalem in 1187, so the Third Crusade's aim was to take it back, which didn't happen, even with the aid of the English King Richard the Lionheart, the guy from all the Robin Hood movies. The fourth and final major crusade was also meant to retake Jerusalem, but due to an odd and unfortunate series of events and circumstances, the army attacked and looted Constantinople, which definitely crushed any chances of East and West Christians getting back together again. But in addition to fighting against Islam, crusaders were also sent to stamp out Christian splinter groups deemed heretical. The story of a group called the Cathars after the sack of Béziers is particularly horrifying. One source recorded that when the Pope's representative was asked how to differentiate between faithful Catholics and heretics in the city, he responded, kill them all and let God sort them out. But the Middle Ages come to an end with the siege of Constantinople by the Ottoman Turks in 1453. Constantinople's walls proved no match for the advanced Turkish artillery. The city fell to the Islamic army and the Turks hold it to this day. This event sparked the beginning of an economic depression for Europe because Constantinople was the economic throat of the region. That whole Silk Road trade route into India and Asia, you can kiss that goodbye. Europe was desperate to re-establish a trade route, but going all the way around Africa was just not the most practical option. So in 1492, Spain sends out a guy who thought, you know what, the Earth is round. Theoretically, we could sail west in order to reach the east. And as you know, that man's name was Christopher Columbus. That's a brief overview of the Middle Ages. Check out the links and notes in the description for more information on this subject, and have a great day. All right, so there we go. Uh, real quick, I mean, nothing to really refute in, in his presentation of church history. I mean, it's all stuff that's just kind of straightforward, very brief. But what I did want to talk about a little bit is that that stuck out to me was the whole issue of the Great Schism. Uh, you know, this this split, this theological split between Eastern and Western uh, Catholicism. Um, and uh, you know, granted, this was this was the Church at the time. There there hadn't been a Protestant Reformation yet, um, and so which obviously he's going to get into um, in the next episode. But the reasoning behind this great schism, okay, as we stop and look, and this really has to do with Christianity and Mormonism and so on. What had happened over these years through the church, and again, what the Mormons would call a great apostasy, but you get men who get power, uh, and then they abuse that power, essentially. And so you had these these popes and these uh, these leaders who essentially had abandoned sola scriptura. They started going, I am the head of this church. I am the head of this body. I am going to start making decisions that aren't necessarily uh, biblical. I'm going to start to, and you get uh, Marian worship. You get... Uh, 
purgatory. I, I wish I could have gone back and, and pulled up that, that uh, screenshot that he had of the theological issues. But so the teachings of, of purgatory, indulgences, all these things, you know, a, a pope going, I'm going to forgive, give your sins if you will join into the military. Again, so these indulgences, these abuses of power, and then you get two men who go, no, I'm the, I'm the, the real guy, I'm the real guy, and that causes this schism, as it were. And God, is, even at this time, towards so in, in this period, John Huss uh, was in there, and, and different, uh, not wouldn't call Huss a reformer, he was before the Reformation, but he was a reformer. He was a man who was going, we need to get back to the word of God. What you're teaching is wrong. What you're doing is wrong. And leading up to, obviously, we're going we're gonna to talk about Luther and Zwingli. I, I don't know if he'll talk about Zwingli. I'm sure he's going to deal with Luther. Luther will see some stuff about Calvin and so on, depending on how much you know history he decides to uh, cover in the next episode. But once... You get somebody in who's in charge with no accountability, who abandons the the authority, the ultimate authority of the of the Bible. You get bad theology. You get doctrines of demons. You get you know pick your 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 words to describe what it is. But you literally have a man who is saying, "I am going to supersede." what is in the scripture, and I'm going to make my own rules. Something like Joseph Smith did. Joseph Smith, again, however you, you perceive his beginnings, you can see the evolution of his theology as things went on, and the power that he had grew. You know, he began to change the story of the first vision as he began to change his his view of, of who God was and the nature of God. He went from being a monotheist, essentially, in the beginning, to being a polytheist. Uh, he went from being a believer in, in, you know, marriage and so on to being a polygamist, a man who, who literally took the wives of other living men, sent them off on missions so he could be married to their wives uh, and sealed to their wives. So you see what happens. And Joseph Smith is a prime example of that. And we have the Mormon church because of it, because of Joseph Smith's, uh, you know, power expanded and thus, you know, uh, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So, um, the fact that we talked a little bit about the great schism and the comparison to what, who, who Joseph Smith was, what the cause of that men with power who refused to adhere to the word of God and begin to impose their own teachings, traditions, whatever, um, trying to, to essentially go, I am above this word that God has given us. And that's when you get things like the Great Schism. That's when you get things like Mormonism. So that just the, the little thing that stuck out in that video to me, we'll see what he comes up with next week and where we go from that. I'm sure as he gets into the Reformation, there will be a whole lot more. Um, con uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not... Uh, yeah, more contradictions, more something, more stuff to 
controversial there. <laughs> Why couldn't I think of that word? More stuff to discuss and more stuff to deal with as he gets into that. So hope this was uh, a, a quick, helpful, uh, informative little something for you guys. Um, as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. Until next time, Soli Deo Gloria. Thank mm-hmm. you.